0: This is episode 58 of The Chick-In-Charge. Today, Mary talks with Juliet Hall, a take-charge entrepreneur and owner of Juliet Hall, Inc., a leadership consulting firm. Hall cut her teeth as a corporate exec at Wachovia and Chick-fil-A until she realized it was time, in her words, to build your own kingdom or be an unfulfilled laborer in someone else's. This led to the creation of Own Your Opportunities, helping others down the road to entrepreneurship. Hall has twice been voted Top 100 Black Women of Influence by the Atlanta Business League and regularly shares her insights through her community service work. Today we're glad she's here to share her unique perspective with The Chick-In-Charge. Meet Julia Hall. Welcome to The Chick-In-Charge. All-in-One Security CEO, Mary Parker, celebrates the success of women in the world of business and in life. Mary's own humble beginnings in rural Mississippi led her to become one of the only African-American females running a multi-million dollar security firm. She is definitely the chicken charge. Here now is Mary Parker.
1: Hey everybody, this is Sarah Smith and I am with Mary Parker. Today she is the host of the Chick in Charge podcast. She is the CEO of All in One Security in Atlanta, Georgia, an amazing, amazing company. She is the founder of the Mary Parker Foundation, whose motto is raising other generations they have a gala coming up in June 2019 and Mary is also an author of her autobiography named the Chick in Charge Mary thank you so much for letting me introduce you I appreciate the opportunity you
0: know Sarah I um, I've said earlier I know that your purpose here is to highlight. To encourage and to engage, but I must say, you do the best job introducing me than anyone else. I'll introduce you whenever you want. Okay, all right, (laughs) thank you. Like, come to this event and introduce me. That's right. That's right. Happy to do it. Thank you. Happy to do it. Thank you, you, Sarah, so much for not just being my co-host, but also being the executive producer. We have the Chicken Charge podcast, along with Port Wilson. So, thank you guys for your commitment. Honored to do the work. um, Yeah, and it's so important because we use this as a platform to inform our our community, and you guys know I have such an interest and passion for women entrepreneurs to learn to do it the right way. And the right way means learning not just your net worth from a, a monetary perspective, but all the other aspects that you have. And so we are intentional with the guests that we bring on the show and today we were absolutely intentional when we chose to have an interview with miss Juliet Hall. She is an amazing woman, and a woman that I certainly don't mind sharing the title the chick in charge. She is definitely one herself. Thank you, Juliet, and welcome.
2: Thank you so much, Mary. And I just love that introduction, so thank you. (laughs) It's such an honor for me to be here, and um, you're an inspiration, Mary. Thank you. Oh,
0: thank you. And so we're going to just really talk a lot about women entrepreneurs today, if that's okay with you. Absolutely. Because you are a leader, you are a pillar in this community, and you were recently recognized as one of the 100 most powerful and influential women in Atlanta. Talk to us about how you got there.
2: Well, as were you, Mary.
0: They, <laughs> they know my story. They know
2: your story. Okay. Um, how did I get there? Well, um, you know, it's been a it's been a journey uh, for me. I spent 20 years in the corporate system. I had two worked for two amazing, respected organizations, uh, Wachovia Bank, which is now Wells Fargo, and Chick-fil-A, which is one of America's most admired brands. I was actually with Chick-fil-A for 17 years. And Um, I believe that's where we met. That is exactly where we met. You were the chair of the Atlanta Business League, and I attended one of the events. Chick-fil-A had a table, and so that's where we first connected. Yes, (laughs) that's exactly right. And um, after 20 years, um, I just knew that there was a more from my life. And actually, before I left Chick-fil-A, I just had this vision of um, of a bigger and better and a more celebrated me. And uh, just having uh, being on stages where I could uh, have more influence. And I, I think that's really where it all started, probably around the year 2012. And the long and short, I got to a point in my career where I decided to surrender to to God, because I just believe that there was a, a bigger plan and a purpose for my life. And I did wonderful things uh, for the organizations that I, the two organizations that I worked for, I learned a lot, I evolved and grew in my leadership. But I knew that there was more for me and more work for me to do. And I wanted to surrender to that more. Wow. And then and, and just share with us, what difference has that made in your life
0: now that you're doing you?
2: Well, it's, it's, it's coming out of a cage, basically, because um, I, I really, truly get to spread my wings. Uh, the sky is truly the limit for me, and uh, I understand what it means to exercise limitless potential. Mm. So, so it's a freedom that you have where you get to be who you are. Um, when you are working for someone else, you are working within the confines of that, or, that institution. Absolutely. And, um, and, so, and, and there are some pros and cons to that. But, uh, you know, and, and I experienced both. There were highs and there were lows. There were successes and challenges. But it all helped to uh, evolve me into becoming the person that I am becoming an entrepreneur um, where I it's more than just being your own boss it's just it's the difference between being Juliet and doing Juliet and I get to be who I am and to be means to exercise the gifts that are inside of me that is my fruit it's my offering to the world it's how I add value to others and um, and it's it's just a it's beautiful it's a wonderful thing to uh, to become who you are. Wow, and I applaud
0: you for tapping into that and discovering who you are really. So congratulations and welcome (laughs) to the real world. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, So what were some of the things you did? Because I talk with women specifically all the time about that fear, Mm -hmm. that fear of leaving corporate and starting on their own. Um, Like yourself, Mm -hmm. I'm a corporate girl as well. What were some of the things you did, number one, two part part two of the question what are some things that you would advise those women who are in that place of contemplating leaving Mm -hmm. how do you help them to cross over
2: yeah so I think the when I think back to my journey to my experience um, you have to pay attention to the tension you have to pay attention to those moments when you Feel a little frustrated, or when you feel like you are outgrowing a situation, you have to pay attention to your anger, even because um, I, I know those emotions, those feelings, really do have a place. Um, it they're there to to guide you. They're there to make you confront your own truth. and um, And there were parts, there were points in my corporate journey where yes, I could say things were good. I, I was making a lot of money. Um, I would even say at the height of my career, I was my most miserable, which is very interesting, right. I think, because, um, because what that tells me is that money isn't everything. And what that tells me is that even having positions uh, within a corporation where you have high visibility isn't everything. And um, you know, and, and even have having influence within the organization isn't everything if you're not obedient to being the person that you are. And, and so I, so what I would advise is that you've got to pay attention to your feelings. You've got to pay attention to your thoughts. Pay attention to how you're thinking about yourself and about where you are. And, you know, it may even help to write those thoughts down, those oh feelings boy. down. I journal a lot. Here it comes again. Yep. We um, talked
0: about the same thing earlier today, yep. and
2: you're absolutely
0: confirming it. Yes. Yeah. You know. I
2: mean, and I'm a big journaler. I journaled so much. In fact, it was, I probably journaled more because it was therapeutic for me. I had to absolutely. get the feelings the answer. Out. <laughs> I had to get those feelings wow. out. But that's where you start, um, is you got to pay attention to to you, Um, I I even think, and I even teach this is that part of that becoming really starts at that point of self-discovery and to self, to, to discover yourself, you have to, uh, be aware of how you think about yourself, how you think about other people and how you're feeling as you think about those things. And so that's where it starts. And then to the other part about, you know, how do you advise others? you know, who want to make that leap. Well, I am also a firm believer in preparation. So the first step, obviously, is be real with yourself, you know, confront yourself, hold the mirror up to yourself, and then begin thinking about a plan that you can put in place. And I know for me, I did not... Transition right away. It took a, I mean, 2012 was when I had my prayer. I was like, God, I surrender. You know, I want your more. I want your plan and your purpose. You know, I know it's bigger and better than anything I'd imagine on my own. From 2012, a lot of doors opened up, which actually allowed me to um, uh, grow even more, but it also led me out the door, too. And so from 2012 to 2016, we're talking about a four year journey here. Of transition, really. Right. From mental transition, emotional transition, to physical transition. Mm -hmm. And in that journey, um, you know, how do you make that leap? Well, I would strongly advise that you have a plan. Uh, For me, that plan included, you know, how do I prepare myself financially for a transition? Because I like smooth transitions, and I, you know, I knew that I wanted to start a business and I wanted to have seed money for that. I didn't want to start a business in debt, and so I and I didn't. And um, and I just also wanted to make sure that um, that I had a team in place as well, that I had people around me that understood my vision, that believed in me. It's so important to have so, the right people. So so critically
0: important. Yes.
2: Yes. To have the right people around you um, who can help you accelerate that vision. And that was important to me. So I I put a team together. And then uh, from there, you just work, you work the plan, you sow seeds. I mean, I can go into detail about how that looked for me. But, but you've got to have that process in place, you know, be honest with yourself, plan, prepare, put the right people around you, pray. (laughs) That's first.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> That's first. And see, I'm I'm such a believer that I believed at some point in my life that when the word of God said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and he would add all those things. So I thought if I did part A and part B, then he would begin adding those things. Yes. So, you know, that faith is very, very critical in the process as well. Thank you so much for sharing that, and I certainly hope that you're all taking notes because she's giving you great, great information. And if you've been listening to us, you will find that we have a common theme today, yep. and that common theme has, has has appeared with each of our guests today. So we know that this conversation today ha- was our ordained. Um, let's talk about team building because what I find in talking and mentoring people is they don't know how to build the team. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to build the team because they've not prepared in so many areas. I'm guilty. I'm mm-hmm. so guilty even with all that I know to do. There are times that I will still think that it's gonna work even if I take, try to take shortcuts. It doesn't work. Mm-hmm. It, was- it takes me longer. But I know that when I focus in on something, set those stages of progress, it's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. It's gonna happen. The other thing I wanna interject here, because I think we are all guilty to a point, and that is setting the expectations for ourselves.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I set such high expectations for myself. Mm-hmm. So, in doing so, how important did you find mentors and just other people within the community? How helpful? Was it to you to have people to bounce ideas off that would keep you focused?
1: Hey, everybody, this is Sarah Smith of the Chicken Charge for Gusto. All women who own their own businesses are chicks in charge. I love it, but. You know, add in raising a family and, you know, trying to have a life, it gets pretty hectic. Like many of my fellow female business owners, I know the core of my business. But what many of us struggle with are things like payroll and benefits and HR. Enter Gusto, really a godsend for small businesses like mine. Gusto features fast and easy to run payroll with W-2s and 1099s. It automatically files and pays all payroll taxes, which is amazing all by itself. There are tons of benefits to choose from and you can store all employee documents online. Now you're thinking, I still have to figure this out on my own. But the real beauty of Gusto is that you have direct access to certified HR professionals. That is huge. And they know their stuff. So you get easy payroll processing, benefits, and excellent support all in one place. And that place is Gusto. Chicken Charge listeners get three months free once they run their first payroll. So go to gusto.com slash chicken charge. Be the expert in your business and let gusto be your payroll and HR expert. Go to gusto.com slash charge and get three months free. All of my words are
2: Extremely important to have mentors. It's important to submit yourself to the right authority, to be aligned with someone who's been where you are, who can provide nuggets of wisdom uh, for you, to you, uh, who can you know, challenge you, encourage you, instruct you. Um, and someone that you can share your ideas with, and, and know that you're safe in doing that. that but trust. I want that trust is important. But Mary, I want to go back to something you said earlier about building that team and how important it is to build the right team. Because for those listeners out there who are, you know, who are who are at that point where they're wanting to start that entrepreneurial journey and they're just trying to figure out, okay, who are the right people to bring. I believe that it always starts with vision. You have to have a clear, clear. vision um, for yourself and, um, and for your business. And just know that um, it starts there because that vision should dictate the people that you bring around you. That's one of the things that vision will do. So, um, so having a vision and leading with that first is going to, um, to help you attract the right people. Wow,
0: that is that is absolutely key, uh, and also, and, and also, um, Juliet, how critical or, or or what was the impact of your first job? What did you? What was your first job, and how did that position you? For your
2: positions in corporate America, if it did at yeah. all. Yeah. So my my first job, um, and I have to include this because my first job was um, actually a part-time job while I was at Spelman College. And I include that because, you know, I got paid. It was a real job. You know? <laughs> exactly. It yeah. was exactly. And so um, never worked anywhere before in my life other than just babysitting jobs. But anyway, uh, that, that, that they don't even really count. But... Um, I was a telemarketer for MBNA America, which is a credit card bank or a credit card institution. And if anybody's ever tried telemarketing before, it is extremely hard. You have to get used to people either cursing you out, telling you not to call you anymore, hanging up the phone in your face, just being rude. Um, and I have to admit, you know, I don't really care for telemarketers myself now. <laughs> <laughs> but you didn't understand
0: that, why they treated you that but way. But I,
2: did I didn't understand why they treated me that way. I was just a 19-year-old college right. student trying to make some money. But um, but it was an important job. Number one, it taught me how to 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 work under pressure because we had daily or nightly goals that we had to – to strive for. So it's like it you just kept pounding, you kept making calls after calls. You never quit until you reached that goal. So it really produced a perseverance and a fortitude yeah. in me. Mm-hmm. But equal to that, it also helped me to produce or to build my character because re- that's what rejection does. Right. If you can handle when you learn how to handle rejection and everybody has to go through some kind of rejection in their life whether it's relational whether it's professional or whatever you apply for something and you don't get in you know how do you respond to that that's those are life defining moments i think and so having that first job as a telemarketer really helped to build my character it helped me to still be kind to the next person, even when the person before him or her was rude to me. Wow. Wow. You know, I was reading your answer
0: to one of the questions we asked you about what is it that you wish someone had told you. And your answer is absolutely amazing. And Sarah is also confirms the conversation today. Tell our listening audience what you would say that you wish someone had told you about being yourself?
2: Yeah. Um, so if I had to, if, you know, being the age that I'm now, if I had to talk to my younger self, I would, uh, <laughs> I would say, um, you know, don't worry about the age, don't worry about the biological clock. I think as women, we, d- I mean, I'm really speaking to women at this point, Absolutely. because we <laughs> put our careers, we do. Um, yep. you know, ahead of, well, we make it a priority, right? Right. And, um, and, and I just, I have come to realize that being in my forties and not expecting to be single and without kids, um, I have learned that I can still have it all. Like I'm, I still have a spirit of optimism, um, about my life. I know that God would not put a feeling or a desire in my heart and not fulfill it. And that, um, and you know, and the good news is that yes, I'm in my 40s, but you know, I've met a wonderful person, and you know, I, I'm very optimistic about that. But I would tell my younger self, you know, just be patient because you will accomplish everything that you set out to do. It may not happen at the same time. It may not happen when you want it. It won't even happen on your timetable. Right. But just hold on. It will happen, and be optimistic, and keep your faith. And so. That's what I would tell my younger self. And then if I were in my you know, early 20s, um, I would tell the Juliet that I am now, today in my 40s, I would say, living is failing. And I can't even take that quote by my—I I have to give credit to um, uh, someone that I know who's the CEO of um, Safe House Ministries— um, he said, um, he said that life is failing, and I thought about that. You know, if you're not failing in life, that means you're not taking risks. Right. It means that you're not going places where you've never gone before, that you're not pushing yourself, that you're not trying new things and experiencing new things. So living is failing. And so I would tell the listeners out there, don't be afraid to fail. And if you fail fail again. Try something new because eventually you will will find your success and the reason why i would tell myself that is because when i was in my early twenties after i graduated from spelman i thought that i wanted to pursue a career in hollywood i even joined an acting agency i did community theater i I guess i've always loved the stage mary you know (laughs) i guess i've always loved to stay and now i am on a stage but i'm you know doing other things i'm not acting i'm inspiring right and so my my stage is different but it's still a stage but what would have happened if I had taken the risk to move out to California to audition for roles? You know, I didn't want to be a starving actress. You know, I, I like to eat, you know, so I I had this vision of myself. Oh, if I move out there, I'll have to, you know, take jobs versus, you know, work a career. And I may not have a lifestyle that I want, but I didn't take that risk. And when I'm on and I'm be very honest and transparent I was afraid, you know. Now, I tell a lot of people, well, you know, I just didn't have a peace about going out there to Hollywood. You know, I didn't want to succumb to influences out there. But at the end of the day, I was afraid. I didn't think that I could do it when all I had to do was just try because I could always come back home. You know, always. So that's what I would tell myself today is if you're not Failing, you're not living. You know, living is failing. Don't be afraid to take those risks. You're, you're saying you're too it. comfortable. I got too, I, too comfortable. I, I let the comforts of a lifestyle. Yes. They, where you were then. Where I was then. And I wasn't even making a lot of money then. But, you know, I I, I thought that I had arrived because I had my own apartment. You know, yeah. <laughs> but you're well, you talking did. to,
0: you are addressing so many people right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. because that's what they think. Um, I, I can only remember being a risk taker, only remember. and And that's why so many things have happened, but I failed and failed and failed. But when it's something that I know I'm supposed to do, and that's, I put a lot of emphasis on things I can't leave alone. The things I can't leave alone is part of my purpose. And once I, you know, get all the other stuff out of the way and get back to that one thing, that is where I find so much joy. But it's usually hard, it costs a lot more money, but you've gotta do it, mm-hmm. you've gotta do it. I am so proud of you, and you've made such an impact in such a short time within our community. We know you already, and uh, you've not been here long, so welcome, welcome to this world, and I know that you're gonna make a difference, and I also see some um, a lot of synergy here, so we'll be exploring that as well. So as we continue on and we don't have much more time, um, what type of mentoring are you doing?
2: How are you giving back? Because I know that you are. Well, for now, I give back through my blogs. I write a lot. And, um, and so I'm, um, you know, the best way I can mentor others in, in masses is through my writing, very good, and also through uh, just videos that I do. In fact, if you're listening out here, please visit my website uh, www.juliethall.com. That's spelled J U L I E T H A L L.com. You can also follow me, I have a YouTube channel where you can also just uh, hear different video uh, videos with motivational messages. My YouTube channel is Juliet Hall. You can also follow me on Facebook at Juliet Hall official for different, um, you know, memes and quotes and inspirational messages, and also just events that I'm doing as well. I'm on Instagram at Juliette.Hall. Hall. I, I keep everything consistent. If you want to follow, just, if you if you just spell my name right, you'll find me J U L I E T H A L L. So, um, but that's how I give back. I, I there are individuals that I know that have um, reached out and they want me to mentor them one-on-one. At this point in my journey, I prefer to um, mentor through the different channels Understood. Where, they, where they can follow me. Yes. yes. Well, that is excellent. You have a great
0: platform set up. What else would you like to tell us today? How, well, I no. before I ask that, how did you feel When you finally reached that date for transitioning from corporate, being dependent on someone else's check, Mm -hmm. to becoming the entrepreneur that you knew that you wanted to
2: be. I felt ready. You were ready. I felt ready. I had uh, saved my coins. I had lined up, um, you know, just everything was lined up for me. I had already established my S Corp. I had my board for my for juliet hall inc in place i had other team members there and i was just ready and and but but beyond that i just i had and still have this belief that this was the direction i was meant to go and it didn't matter that nobody else understood it it didn't matter that people thought i was crazy um, or oh, what happened to Juliet? You know, she left a wonderful organization. Yes. What really, what really happened? You know, you know. I mean, you have those conversations or those thoughts, and then you, you know. But, but at the end of the day, I knew I had to be content with God being my first audience. Absolutely. And and and, and stepping forward was an act of obedience. And anytime you obey, you don't always have to understand. You just have to do it you just have to obey and through that obedience I felt this all right the cage was open I saw a new world the landscape was spacious and plentiful and um and so yeah I felt ready I felt this release I still cried I think because it's it was a major transition it was a life change and there were mornings I would wake up okay what am I doing now you know but um yeah, but I still felt ready, and I still do.
0: Oh, my gosh. I am so grateful for the wisdom, um, for your openness, and for your sharing. I'm sure you've closed some gaps for some of our listeners Absolutely. today. And um, you've encouraged me as well. There were times when I were making decisions. I'm one of the older family members. Mm-hmm. You know, i nine. I'm number two. Okay. and. My baby brother, the youngest, the baby of the family, I'm not married, so he's my daddy. He's my financial advisor. He's my overseer. If I listened to that young man, I would not be doing what I'm doing today because he says to me, at your age, and I wanted to know, well, when do they put an age on ambition? At your age, you should not be taking these types of risks. And I have to remind him of the age difference. And where I came from and the stock I'm built from, we never quit working. Right. So how are you gonna retire me when my mind and my energy, and God has given me all of this to transition before I leave here, and you put a timeline. So my persistence, my risk-taking, and all of that is moving him to another level. And as such, he's now president at All in One, As such, he now has the entrepreneurial bug. And we talk at night, and he's going, I had no idea what you were building. Wow. I had no idea why you would say the things you did to me. Because some of it didn't make sense. And so many times I just thought you were doing things haphazardly. In a lot of cases I was. But I was getting the lessons from those things. So you keep sharing And you keep putting yourself in a position that you can be used.
2: Thank you. Get
0: rid of all that. The more you give, God's going to give you new stuff. And never, ever let the spirit of fear hinder you. Finally, preparation, ladies. I know you heard it. Preparation also builds confidence. And when you're confident in what you're doing, it transcends from you to the people you're trying to convince that you are the right one that you are the chick in charge now with that you go get go 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 get yours do the things that you need to do but most importantly keep god first do your work and then reach out to those you're trying to reach juliet it has been such a joy to sit with you today.
2: My pleasure.
0: Thank you so much for being here. Sarah and Port, I couldn't do it without you guys. And we talked about a team. I have the best team in the world. Great people around me. Listening audience, we've enjoyed you as well. Thank you so much for joining us today. This is Mary Parker and I am the Chick in Charge. Subscribe to The Chick in Charge at thechickincharge.com. Get a free download of Mary Parker's Tips for Success, tips that'll make short work of some of today's most challenging issues facing female business owners. Thanks for listening to The Chick in Charge.